Warning! This podcast is different from other podcasts. These episodes contain dangerous choices, perilous tangents, and unwavering silliness. The choices made on this podcast may lead to success or disaster. But remember, you are responsible because you choose to listen. Good luck. I feel like we're making fun of Danny McBride, but uh, Righteous Gemstones is extremely good, and uh, I would definitely watch a version of Halloween where it's just like Danny McBride playing the Danny McBride character, Mm -hmm. but doing murders. (laughs) No, see, this is not a dig on Danny McBride, because I think him as an actor is very one note and, like, can be a funny character, but he's still the same character. But I think, like, I think he wrote for Alien Covenant. Like, I think he really likes 80s stuff and is, you know, sort of tapped into that sort of motif and figured out how to how to update it. Interesting. So what, uh, so not the matrix then what eighties movies desperately need better sequels? Uh, Highlander. Highlander. Yes. Oh my fuck, Highlander. Oh my fuck you guys. Highlander, but it's Dan McBride as the Highlander. <laughs> 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 yeah. I mean, we solved it. Just Look, we did it. Boners. I'm here to cut off your fucking heads or whatever. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey, Clancy Brown. There can only be one motherfucker. I can see your balls through your pants, huh, boy? There's only gonna be a goddamn one guy! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love all of our fucking terrible Danny McBride impressions, <laughs> by the way. You're gonna, you're gonna pack up all your shit, and you're gonna get out of my town, because there's there can be only one. <laughs> That's the sex scene. That's the sex scene with... Uh, oh, right. Christopher Lambert Christopher Lambert. Come back. He's gotta come back. One of the things oh. I remember so much about watching those movies as a kid on VHS tapes that I got from Broadway Video mm-hmm. was that, like, they're all the same movie, just in a different order. Like, they're, <laughs> they all have the inevitable sex scene. They just put mm-hmm. it in a different spot, and they always have, like... The showdown, whatever. I don't know. It's just, yeah. They're the, they're the were same the movie. 80s, like, that different a time where people were just like, yeah, I want to see Christopher Lambert fuck. <laughs> like, I've heard this voice. Everyone um, in this movie hears this voice. I think that's a way of, like, that's a way of giving him credibility as a male protagonist. You don't know that you can really root for him until you see him fuck. Right, because that shows him as vulnerable, but also sensitive. Counterpoint, counterpoint. I assume no one with a katana is having sex. So Whoa. I was unable what? to suspend my disbelief. What? Uh, that's why people get katanas, Chris, because it brings the sex. Uh, no, 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 it makes people think they will bring sex. I guarantee I, you. Uh, As a former talking, katana owner. <laughs> Chris, no. <laughs> you know, we're going to have to cut that. We have to make sure that that never airs. We can't, people can't know that we're friends with a guy who used to own a katana. People can't know that Chris is a virgin. You're going to really smash on a cred. Okay, what's going on in the background of Chris's world? Oh yeah, is Chris gonna be the one to read if? Chris, no, uh, Chris is... we're almost we're about to resolve the background noise situation. It's cool. Chris, don't Chris, don't, mar- don't marginalize your fiance by calling her <laughs> the background noise situation. <laughs> yeah, that's rude. Now she's gonna think we're a couple of rude dudes telling you telling you. That yeah, no, Ian said noise. you're a Hitler, and Mark wants you to die. <laughs> I, I, the it's record, just their words, the record honestly. Will show. <laughs> Mark wants me to die. <laughs> so it's nice to hear it uh, from the horse's mouth, if you will. That's true. 
Well, Mark just has this idea about efficiency. And if- Mark, she, Mark uh, Blair said you have a horse face. I'm, I'm just the guy in between with words here. Well, see, we could hear all of Blair's words. That's the problem. <laughs> all right, Ian, you want to take us into this podcast? Yeah. Welcome to Booze Your Own Adventure, a podcast where three grown-ups try and beat a children's book. I'm Ian. I'm Chris. I'm Mark. And today, we are reading Choose Your Own Adventure number 52, original publication, original art, uh, Ghost Hunter, by series co-founder Edward Packard. It really sounds like, by saying like original publication, original art, you're bragging about the authenticity of this PDF we looked up on the internet. It's not a PDF of a reprint of Ghost Hunter. It is a PDF of the original Ghost Hunter. That's right. That's right. Which, if you've ever looked at Choose Your Own Adventure books, you know, like, that 80s art is critical. Mm -hmm. Everything else is just bullshit. Um, Real quick, just to bring everybody up to speed on the fun, uh, we've all been talking for about a half hour (laughs) about how Chris, (laughs) how the child on the cover of this book looks and reminds us all a lot of of Chris, our friend, uh, your friend. He's got a certain roguish haircut, I would say, a vague confusion. I... I feel like I can tell what he sounds like. I definitely without... own that pair of pants, like those purple cords. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Purple cords. It's kind of like if a young Jeff Goldblum was also a Weasley, that would be this kid. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was like yep. the the. But even but like even less together than Ronald. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, if there's even an even shittier one who's like, <laughs> oh, I got your box. <laughs> I've got your box. Everybody else in my family can do magic, but every time I try, I just a, a naked mole rat comes out of my fingers. There ain't no magic like the magic of package delivery. That's what I was saying. <laughs> so, anyways, this cover art is exquisite. Uh, as a side note, and I don't know if we're going to cut this later because we don't want to overwhelm the website, but archive.org, the Internet Archive, you guys, you've got to get on this fucking website. You've got to sign up for this website. It is so good. Oh, like, yeah. The, so the Internet Archive is like legit uh, treasure. It's yeah. like just a literal archive of the Internet. Right. That's, if you ever heard of the Wayback Machine, that's part of this website. They're just the people who backed up the whole Internet a million times. It's really great. They had a big fire a couple years ago. Uh, so if, you know, if you if you are looking for a cause to donate to that is really oh, you're esoteric. S- you're serious. Yeah. yeah oh. no, the Internet Archive. I, it's, I think it's super dope. No, they had a fire. The internet had a fire. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's just a bunch of like computers in like an apartment. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Isn't it on the internet? It's not. It's not a literal cloud, Ian. It actually has to run on some machine somewhere. Well, it runs on the machine of evaporation and condensation. I'm not an idiot. I talked to this guy one time. Uh, this was at South by Southwest. Who he had this really amazing idea for like you do the internet, but you don't have any servers. You just have. All the data is constantly in transmission at all times, just pinging from one computer to the next. So it's just this big photon light cycle track of having the whole internet go through your machine at all times. And like, this was the big idea for like internet 3.0 or whatever. And I kind of just like smiled, nodded a lot because that's (laughs) what you do. So if it goes now, I don't know anything about what you just said, uh-huh. but if it goes through a bunch of machines all at once, aren't they just acting like servers, but only for a second? I think the idea is that like the data would never, ever be written down anywhere. It would just be like, huh? Imagine if no one was allowed to open a letter ever. You just had to keep sending the letter through the mail <laughs> to the next person in the chain. And yeah. every day you got another letter and you just had to keep sending it. 
It's kind of like that. That sounds, it sounds useful. It sure does. It sounds like a great <laughs> idea that there were no problems with. <laughs> Ugh. Um, Chris, will you take us into Ghost Hunter? Yeah, this one, I, I think I got a good feeling about it. I think we got, we got some good energy. I'm ready to read. Mm-hmm. Uh, before, though, I just do want to say my favorite review, maybe of anything ever, I was suffocated twice, buried alive, and had a spell put on me. All in one night. Huh. Don't yuck somebody else's yum. And yeah, and then she read this book because she had a little bit of extra time and it's so convenient to pick up. Even with the spell that was put on her that turned her into a frog. Warning! Do not read this book straight through from beginning to end. These pages contain many different adventures you can have as you hunt for ghosts. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ghost hunting is a dangerous business. Do you have the wits and courage to survive? You're about to find out. Good luck! Okay, this is also published in 1985. Ooh, we have a very, very good office. We're very cool. This is, mm. you know what? You guys were making fun of me for looking like the guy earlier, but I honestly, I think that guy looks pretty cool. Oh my God, look at the pictures on his wall. He's got like, apparently Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. smoking a pipe, mm-hmm. some other guy in some other hat smoking a pipe, and then just like a guy with a gun standing by a wall. These are his heroes. No, it says 007 at the bottom. Oh, it does say 007 at the bottom. We're just ah. not going to talk about the degree in private detective that he has mounted on the wall. <laughs> It ju- doesn't it just say first private detective? Does say yeah. He's got he's got a bachelor's in first private detective. He's also got a trash can with a picture of a detective yeah. somehow like embossed on it, and an owl an owl statue mm-hmm. with a price tag on it. Still, like what is that? Get it together, kid. Yeah. Ever since you solved the Harlow Thromby murder case, your services. You guys, it's a sequel. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, it's a sequel. We got to read Harlow Thromby next. Hang on, I'm writing this down. Wait, your wait. services as a private detective have been much in demand. Harlow Thromby was one of the richest men in town. We're going to spoil who killed Harlow Thromby. And it was a surprise when he called you in to help find out who was plotting against his life. It was the butler. Don't, Mark, don't spoil it. We got to read this Sorry. one. I already read it. Thromby was murdered the very night you began your investigation. His widow, Jane Thromby, was a prime suspect, but you proved her innocence. And afterwards, she continued to live in their huge Victorian house until she died of a heart attack a few months ago. Yikes. Unnecessary bummer to start the game, the book with. I, I don't know, Mark. Hear, uh, hear me out. It's a book about ghosts. We're going to have to beat a lot of people who have <laughs> Fuck. died. Fuck. I, I forgot for a moment that we weren't just a private detective. We're a psychic investigator. We're also a medium. Yeah. 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 <laughs> You've, oh, fucking Christ, there it is. You've enjoyed being a private detective, but lately you've been thinking about going into a new field. In fact, you've decided to become a ghost hunter. You and your friend Zach Baggins. <laughs> you've enjoyed being a chemist, but you're really thinking about alchemy. <laughs> yeah, you loved being a doctor, but you thought, like, why not, uh, what's a fake doctor? I know the pattern of the joke, I just couldn't think of anything <laughs> funny. Hey, it happens. Fuck. You're a respected meteorologist, but you're thinking about getting into astrology. Oh, there it is. Yeah. God damn it. What got you interested was a magazine article on the subject. The author said that in most cases, a haunted house was once the scene of a murder. This fact tied in with some news you had heard recently. Are we going to stop and acknowledge the word fact in that sentence? Because... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. yeah, that's a really loose usage of the word fact, isn't most it? most cases, a haunted house was once the scene of a murder. Fact. A person said something. Yeah. Moving on from this fact. Yeah. <laughs> it's published. After Jane Thromby died a few months ago, a man named Howard Grimstone bought the Thromby place. Very good name. Very good name. Neighbors say that strange things have been going on there. Lights on late at night, guard dogs patrolling the grounds, weird sounds coming from the house. Sounds like he just likes to fucking party. What is the problem? 
They're not used to it. The more you think about it, the more likely it seems that the ghost of Harlow Thromby has come to haunt the house where Thromby was murdered. You're not a very good private eye. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what happened. He fucked up at being a private eye and he's like, well, uh, if I can talk to their ghost. Who would be stupid enough to hire me as a private detective? People who believe in ghosts. (laughs) Right, right. I just need to say things that aren't falsifiable for money. I'm sure it was the butler. The ghost told me. Like, uh, okay. The article said that Professor Zybach, who is supposed to be one of the world's leading authorities on ghosts, Mm -hmm. works at the Institute for Occult Studies, only a few miles from where you live. A short bike ride. (laughs) In your big wheels. (laughs) Yeah. The author did not seem to have a high opinion of Dr. Zybach, however. In fact, he said this. Although Dr. Zybach has interviewed (laughs) hundreds of people who claim to have seen ghosts, he admits he's never seen a ghost himself. What a shithead. How can he be so sure, then, that ghosts really exist? Dr. Zybach's quote-unquote evidence for the existence of ghosts seems no more convincing than all the so-called evidence for UFOs and ESP. And the globe Earth. I'm with this guy. Yeah, exactly. In witness testimony in criminal cases. Don't look up those statistics. It's terrifying. You wonder whether it would be useful to see Dr. Zybach or not. Mm. To, to pay a call to the quack doctor, turn to page four. To start ghost hunting without delay or a plan, turn to page 11. Okay, I want to advocate for something that I don't think we as a team have ever advocated for. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that is doing a little bit. Of planning first. I will fucking die first. <laughs> I want to hear from this disgraced doctor. I'll fucking perish. Okay, what do we know about Zeebok? How how cool do we expect him to be? Uh, he sounds like a boner, wears glasses, and reads books about ghosts. Let's go fucking hunt some ghosts. He works at the Institute for Occult Studies. Yeah, we're going to need to at least borrow like a, a ghost camera from him. Yeah, I'm into it. I, I think we got to go talk to Zyback. Ugh, you guys are going to regret this. For sure. <laughs> oh my god, look at him. He's Frankenstein Ar- monster, I guess. Yeah, sort of a Arlie Army from uh, Full Metal Jacket. Uh, within the hour, you knock on the door of Professor Zybach's office at the Institute. A moment later, you are greeted by a tall, slim man wearing a tweed vest and polka dot bow tie. See? Told you he was a badass. He's a badass. <laughs> he ushers you into a tiny office, which is made even smaller by huge stacks of books piled up against the walls. That's the only thing they describe him wearing. Imagine this dude, this grown man, shows up in a tweed vest, polka dot bow tie, and balls. nothing, nothing below the waist. <laughs> right. Skin shown underneath that vest. But his dick is always tastefully hidden behind a stack of books, no matter where the camera is. Uh-huh. Sort of like <laughs> that visual gag in all the Austin Powers films. Uh-huh. You guys don't think he just tucks up under, into the vest? <laughs> and then it's just balls hanging out the bottom? <laughs> into the vest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If it's a long enough vest and it doesn't split in the middle... You know that part of your vest that covers your penis? You know how vests look like that? It could be like a long Winnie the Pooh style vest, you know? With like the coattails on the front? Mm-hmm, on the front. Yeah. Coattails in the front, boots with the fur. <laughs> Not enough songs about sexy gentleman wear. There's plenty of songs <laughs> about sexy lady wear. We like the boots and the fur. We like the, the, the tight jeans. There's Not a- enough. Songs about sexy vests for men. There's I'm Too Sexy, which is about the sexy lack of a vest for men, but I don't know if that's right, just making the problem point. worse. Yeah. The problem. You know, this is a problem. We have to deal with this problem. It's, a, it's nudity. 
equal, equal, equal representation in music mm-hmm. of nudity. I mean, honestly, like if we have any female listeners, which <laughs> pretty sure we don't, yeah. uh, <laughs> just email us and let us know like what's a sexy, what is the equivalent of boots with the fur and apple bottom jeans for guys? I don't know. Like, what would you even do a song yeah. about? Are those even sexy though? Like, are those things that you would think of as sexy if they were just in this song? I don't know. What makes a jeans apple bottom? I thought it was the bottom that lived inside of them. I thought, I thought it had to be filled oh with a certain... Yeah, you're right. It's not even the pants. The pants are almost irrelevant. Well, it's all about well, the so bottom. It's, it's jeans and the way that they accentuate the bottom, right? Like the, the, the same bottom looks very different in different types of jeans. Okay, okay, okay. So it has to be a combination of bottom and jeans. Absolutely. It's not just a celebration of clothing. It's a synthesis of both jean and booty, I see. That said, the furry boots, I don't see. I don't, I don't understand. Yeah, what, I, don't, I don't get that. How that becomes sexual. He's just a Conan the Barbarian fan, obviously. Yeah, I, guess, I mean, that was my read on the song. It's sexy to know they have $100 of disposable income. Mm-hmm. It's sexy that animals have died. Yeah. We gotta ask, does anybody know Flo Rida? Listen, if, listeners, if you know Flo Rida. Listener, if you are Flo Rida, <laughs> you have to tell us. It's legally, you have to tell us. It's, it's entrapment if you don't, Flo Rida. The Flo Rida podcast disclosure clause. Yeah, well, you know, Patriot Act got passed. A lot of weird stuff got pushed through. Mm-hmm. The Patreon mm-hmm. Act got passed. A lot of weird porn got funded. <laughs> Patreon Act. What, are, what is this book? Are we reading a book? All right. Nah. Uh, sit down and make yourself comfortable. What can I do for you? I'm sorry, but I have to go to a meeting, and I only have a few minutes. Well, you say, clearing your throat, oh, I read that you've done a lot of research on ghosts. Give <laughs> okay, me your you fucking could, research. Uh, maybe you could give me a few tips. <laughs> Or all your money. Or your fucking mobile. Fucking mobile. <laughs> Blair, if you're listening, I apologize. You're going to want to turn this one off immediately. It's just going to be nothing Give but your, your least favorite Give me your fucking Star joke. Fox 69. <laughs> <laughs> Tips, the professor frowns. Well, it's a very complicated subject, not one that boils down to a few. Tips. That being said, I'll tell you this. Number one, ghosts exist. But they normally don't exist in a way in which we are aware of their existence. So most of the time, it doesn't matter whether they exist or not. That's Hmm. true. I agree with that. Yeah. Interesting. I don't quite follow, you start to say. But the professor interrupts you with an upraised finger. The middle one. Both (laughs) both of them. (laughs) Yeah. He hits you right in the soft part of your throat. Well, well. (laughs) Number two, ghosts don't hurt people. You're more likely to be hurt if you run from a ghost than if you go towards it. The professor takes a gold watch out of his pocket and looks at it. Oops, I'm very late. As he gets to his feet and grabs his jacket from the coat stand, he waves his pipe and dick at you. (laughs) Goodbye. I wish you luck. Good day. I'm Professor Pipe and Dick. (laughs) Dr. Pipe and Dick. (laughs) There was no mention of pants at all. There was none. You guys, we can't just call out every character that isn't explicitly detailed as wearing pants. Like, well, then they should stop explicitly detailing any clothing. It, it's, yeah. it's prejudice to talk about bow ties like there's some sort of a weird artifact. This is shirtist. Yeah, shirtist. Shirtist language. Before you can even thank the professor, he's out the door. You glance around the cluttered little office for a moment. and then Wondering had, what you could steal. And stuffing his computer yeah, and yeah. pipe into your <laughs> bag. So there's a lot of stuff laying around. Um, can we think of any caveat to Professor Pipe and Dick's um, <laughs> rule number two, that you are more likely to be hurt if you run from a ghost than I mean, if you go toward it? It really sounds like he's saying, like, ghosts don't hurt people, but here's how a ghost would hurt you. Right? Right. It sounds like uh, if it's a ghost that is over an open hole. Don't walk towards that ghost, mm-hmm. right? If it's a ghost in the ocean, please don't 
advance on that right. ghost. So you're saying when chasing a ghost, the most important thing is to be aware of your environment. Yeah, it's like, you know, you take care of your own feet and let the ghost do whatever, you know, do the rest. Yeah, like, like don't run around in a collapsing building. Yeah. Because that's probably where most ghosts are. <laughs> they, they came from somewhere. No one's maintaining those buildings, right? Mm-mm. No, because it's haunted. Don't try to make a vase. You're sitting at your desk thinking about how you might begin your work as a ghost hunter when the phone rings. It's your old friend, Jenny Mudge. Oh, no, a second girl. Chris, you already <laughs> did Southern Bell. I know. That's quite a coincidence. Jenny, who is also a private detective, helped you solve the Harlow Thromby murder case. I love this. We're getting recurring characters, and we don't even know who they are. No. Our things, you ask. Jenny replies in her usual lively voice. Very fine. <laughs> I've stopped being a private detective. I've decided to become a ghost hunter. Oh, God. <laughs> That's amazing, you say. Great minds think alike. I was just about to see if I could find out whether Arlo Thromby's ghost has returned to haunt his old house. Oh, man, I'm gonna re- I regret this immediately. Is there just no money in private detectiving and everyone has to pivot to ghost hunter? Uh, <laughs> Is that normal? Qu- follow up. Who the fuck pays you for ghost hunting? They are dead and no one cares. The sci-fi channel? <laughs> oh, true. People who inherited uh, a large windfall from the deceased? They're like, <laughs> yeah. I, I want to live in this house, but I just can't. There's too many goddamn ghosts. Could be. Jenny replies, but I've learned of a house that, by all reports, is definitely haunted. It's just a little way out of town, the Grey Mansion. I called you to see if you'd like to go out there with me this Saturday. Chris, I know that you're going to have trouble keeping these voices separate, but to yeah. me, Jenny is, like, clearly a Spice Girl. Yeah, that was what I was going for, so I'm glad that that worked, but also... It, it works. Uh, it's wild that there's this, like, paragraph right below that says, Then Jenny falls into a cliff and dies. Her cousin, also Jenny, replaces her. Jenny was raised in America <laughs> and has a different voice. <laughs> uh, did you guys see Hobbs and Shaw? No. <laughs> no, what? but I should have. I should have. Yeah, you guys fucked up. Uh, Jason Statham, uh, the, the uh, uh, Decker Shaw, I think is his name. There's a subplot where he and, like, the female lead character, who is, you find out, like, five minutes into the movie that she's his sister. Um they used to pull heists and they both have a similar accent to that. And I was like, oh, that's cute. That's fun. Turns out that actress is like 20 and Jason Statham is like 50. And all of the flashbacks are like these two plucky, uh, you know, sort of cockney kids who's, who are like within one year of each other. And the whole rest of the movie, I was like, all right, either Jason Statham looks exquisite for 30 or this lady is like, like a weird time golem. Like I can't tell. Oh, they're just, they're just cast. But like Jason Statham is like, Kind of timeless looking, right? Like, once you're bald, a lot of the cues just kind of go out the window. Yeah. He's always looked like 50. Yeah. That's a good point. Uh, So are we joining Jenny or hunting for Harlow Thromby's ghost instead? I think we just, we got to drive straight at ghosts. Well, they're both ghosts, though. It's like, which ghost house do you want to go to? Yeah, but this one has, one of them has the word ghost in it. Yeah. I want to make Chris read Jenny more. That's my vote. Market again. It it seems like market comes down to you again. I'm actually on team. Let's investigate the Harlow Thromby house. Yes, that's that's our case. I don't want to like jump over to this other house I've never heard of before. Let Jenny handle that. Yeah, let her go for that, and we'll probably end up having to save her, or she'll have to save us. Like she'll come back. I I feel confident. You decide first of all to pay a call on Howard Grimstone, the new owner of the Thromby house. You're sitting at your desk thinking about what to ask him when a woman appears at your front door. Oh, shit. A third, a third female character, Chris. Oh, no. She has a Chav accent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Sylvia Rustin, Jane Thromby's niece, she says. May I come in? Of course. 
You take a close look at your visitor as you usher her into your office. She's a rather plump, round-faced woman. You're a dick. Her skin is so fair, you imagine she must sunburn very easily. Her yellowish hair is curly. She looks as if she has a basically happy nature, but right now she seems tense and anxious. You just have a lot of prejudices, I guess. Yeah, she said one line. And you looked at her and you're like, oh, yeah, okay." Guys, we have Sherlock on the wall, like extrapolating ridiculous conclusions from almost no input is what we do. That's a good point. Hmm. An anxious person has walked into my office. They must be happy, you know, basically because they're fat. Sir, you're narrating all this out loud and I am not (laughs) fat. I have a glandular disorder. (laughs) Guys, she's not fat. She is rather plump and round faced. Yeah. I don't want anybody with like a pentagonal face. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, fuck off, mutant. What is the what's the thing in uh, Hellraiser? Like the icosahedron that spins with a black glow. Mm. It's Hellraiser too. That's that. There's the there's the deep cuts. Oh yeah, that's the demon. Like the demon god is a sh- just a shape. Uh, very good. Yeah, we've we've already talked about Hellraiser. We can't go down a Hellraiser hole. Uh, a hell hole. <laughs> a hell hole, if you will. Hell mouth. Hell mouth. Sunnydale. Buffy. <laughs> God damn it. No. No. Yeah. Walk right into it. Six degrees. <laughs> 69 degrees of Star Fox. <laughs> Sit down. <laughs> what seems to be the problem? You motion her towards the old couch next to your desk. Then you think better on it and motion her toward the newer couch with the stronger <laughs> structural integrity. I'm penniless and I should be rich. You search Sylvia's eyes for a clue to her character. Ignoring the words she just said. <laughs> What do you mean? I heard you inherited most of your Aunt Jane's wealth. Everything except the house. See, these are the people who can afford ghost hunters. That's a good point. I want to pitch, I want to pitch a game real quick. I want to pitch a game. Okay. Pitch a game. Six or nine degrees of Star Fox, where you have to connect any pop culture sort of touchstone with, within precisely six or precisely nine degrees to the video game Star Fox. I feel like six degrees is enough to get from anything to anything else. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Okay, so yeah, just make it six to nine, and then uh, you you start with six, but you always have to do nine. If you can, <laughs> if you can dance around it for the extra mm-hmm. three, maybe maybe yeah. it's this: you take six degrees to get to Star Fox, and then an additional three to get to Buffy. So it's a six Ooh. and then a nine. Wait, so now we're now half the game is just playing three degrees of Buffy to Star Fox. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. We keep coming up with ideas where it's like the first half is different every time and the back half is the exact same. Well, so it's not, though, because like if you if your Star Fox references Falco, you're going to have a different path from Falco to something in the Buffyverse. I guess, but it's a limited number of things in Star Fox, right? I mean, it's, it's a whole galaxy. Is Faith the Falco of the Buffyverse? Sylvia leans towards you. Aunt Jane provided in her will that the house and furniture be sold and the proceeds given to charity. All her money and jewels will be left to me. Lowercase c, there's not like another <laughs> niece called Charity. Yeah. yeah. If there were, we'd be dangerously close to passing the Bechdel test at some point in this book. <laughs> Don't worry. Uh, <laughs> we just slammed the phone down on the last one we talked to. Yeah, but like we've got such a plethora of women all of a sudden, they're guaranteed to have a conversation at yeah. some point. <laughs> Statistically speaking. Yeah, we accidentally do it. But before she died, she put her money into diamonds. She even told me how many. There were 37. She hid them in a red leather box, and I'm the only one who knows it. Well, not anymore. The house has been sold, but I'm sure the diamonds are still in it. In fact, I think I know exactly where they are. 
Aunt Jane once showed me her secret hiding place, behind a wood panel in the right rear corner of the cedar closet in the attic. Why are you telling me all this? Just go get your money. Right? She has a, like, we didn't see her sizing us up in her internal monologue, but she looked at us and she was like, this, this string Bane looks like a rube will do my heavy lifting. And then I'll finish him off with my hater. What do you know about Howard Grimstone, the new owner? Not much, Sylvia replies with a shrug, but there are a lot of rumors about him. I've heard he's a big drug dealer. There's also a rumor that he's in the arms smuggling business and that he makes bombs for terrorists. Oh, diversify. By now, you can see this is going to be a tricky case, and it will delay your new career as a ghost hunter. It sounds like she just wants you to break into someone's house and steal something from their house. But this is the house that is the one we were already going to, or this is a different house? No, I think this is the house we had heard about and that the ghost of Harlow Thromby might be back in this house. Yeah. Okay, well, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, let's do a crime, right? Yeah, let's do a crime. Let's do a crime while hunting a ghost. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A dangerous crime. High stakes. Heist aches. Oh, because of drugs? Well, because we're heisting. Oh, heist. And we're taking. Heist takes. Hot cakes. Because I'm hungry. Hot cross buns. Recorder <laughs> music. Buffy. There it is. Uh, after Sylvia Rustin leaves, you sit at your desk wondering how you could possibly help her. If you take the case, you'll hardly be able to call up Grimstone and ask if you can search a closet in his attic. If you were to tell him what you're looking for, the diamonds would surely vanish by the time you got there. So you tell him you're looking for ghosts. This is, it fucking writes itself. Come on. And then you say, I found a ghost in this red box. Don't ask me to look at it. It's very scary. Mm -hmm. I try, wait, I trapped the ghost. You ever seen Ghostbusters? You know how ghosts go in boxes? This is a ghost box. Mm -hmm. Don't open it. You got a ghost. Don't open it. Don't open it. Yeah, you'll get the ghost. Ghost boxers. (laughs) They fight. They just fight each other. Oh boy. Wait, they're not, it's not like a breezy underpants. (laughs) If there's something strange, but if it's in a box. Uh, Have you guys seen the music video? Hold on, just real quick. (laughs) Have you guys seen the music video for uh, Ghostbusters? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very good. You should definitely watch it. Um, It is definitely, it's, uh, so it's Ray Parker Jr. singing like that whole Ghostbusters song. Right. Um, And it is directed uh, by the director of Ghostbusters. But it's not just a bunch of clips from Ghostbusters and occasionally a shot of a band? It's not. They built a set. That is like in a black room and it's all neon and he like uh, Ray Parker Jr. is the ghost. Um, and, and it has a lot of the Ghostbusters walking around Times Square with Ray Parker Jr. Um, holy shit. It's so good. I'll check that out. It's a very, yeah, it's a very good video. Uh, I'm going to send you guys this Verge article on it and you, we could check it out at your <laughs> leisure. Right, <laughs> right, right underneath uh, <laughs> I'm an Osborne man. No, no, this is going to make it in there. That's a good... Music video. If you, you tilt back, feet on your desk, eyes closed. A toilet flushes. <laughs> Mom, I'm trying to do my ghost work. A loud knocking interrupts your thoughts. <laughs> so professional. You know, if this weren't for the whole quarantine thing, we'd be in a really nice recording studio with all the sounds and uh, insulation padding stuff. But Yeah, our usual recording setup. It's so weird not to see you guys when we do one. <laughs> I know. <laughs> The lag is really killing the energy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And no yeah. snacks. We don't have a shared bowl of snacks. Chris always has that fun bit with the corn nuts. And my caviar. Ugh. Ugh. You tilt back, feet on your desk, eyes closed. A loud knocking interrupts your thoughts. Opening the door, you find a rather short, stocky man. Did we go somewhere? Or is it still in our office? Um, no, we closed our eyes. And then when we opened them, he was there. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, we've found our ghost. It sounds like... <laughs> 
the private detective business is doing just fine. Like, every two minutes, there's a new knock at our door. Yeah. I bet this guy has a ghost. Okay, so, let's see. His oily graying hair is slicked back over his head. A close-shaven mustache looks like a line of grease paint over his thin, almost non-existent upper lip. We're dicks. We're just so mean all the time. Yeah. We've nothing nice to say about anybody. We just report the facts. I'm Howard Grimstone. I've heard you're a private detective and I need your help. Actually, I'm a ghost detective. You motion to the same old couch Sylvia Rustin so recently vacated. What's your problem? Too many mobile phones, probably. Yeah, let me help you with that one. What's your problem is a pretty passive-aggressive way to say, like, how can I help you? Yeah, what's your problem? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> like, uh... What's your damage? Welcome to Wendy's. The fuck is it going on with you? Yeah. What kind of meat you want to slam into your fucking maw? Piece of just shit. Say, just say words at me, and I'll say numbers at you, and then you'll drive around to the hot window and get a bunch of stink food. <laughs> Let me guess. You're fucking hungry. Yeah. Oh, 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 original. Oh, I'm at Wendy's because I'm hungry. Big fucking deal. You know I deal with pe- hungry people all day? <laughs> No, not one person comes here uh, sated. You, think I, you think I don't get hungry? You think I'm not hungry? You piece of shit. Am I supposed to be impressed with your hunger? A oh, big fucking deal. The last guy got a Baconator. Oh, this guy got a Baconator. The oh, okay. Okay, you want a Baconator inside of a son of Baconator, even though the son of Baconator is smaller than the Baconator, and that's entirely backwards? Fuck you. Fuck you. Yo, you think that's fancy? Jono- Fuck you. Wendy's does breakfast, and they sell a breakfast Baconator, and I have yet to break that news to the rest of my body. Well, is, how is that different, though? Do they take out the burger part, and it's just bacon, so it's more breakfast I'm not sure. I have also never understood this hatred of burger. It's like, burger is just sausage. Just call it sausage. It's, like, less spicy, though. It's like, it is less spicy. Yeah, it's a flavorless sausage. Holy shit. Gotta dust it up. Gotta dust it up. Your mom's a flavorless sausage. Oh! <laughs> I'm on fire today. Yeah. Good. It's the strangest thing, Grimstone begins, in what strikes you as a rather phony, we're so judgy, tone of voice. Mm-hmm. I recently bought a house owned by Jane Thromby, who died a few months ago. It's a great house. Suits my needs in every way, he says, winking grossly. But it has one problem. Grimstone leans forward as, to, as if to add emphasis to his statement. <laughs> <clears throat> a lot of, oh boy. And what's the problem? Yeah, what is the problem, Mr. Grimstone? Ghosts! The place is haunted! Strange wailing sounds and lights. My employees and I can't get a good night's sleep. My house employees! Don't ask questions. (laughs) That's bad enough. But other things have been happening. Last night, the crystal chandelier began swaying wildly. Then, some of the crystals crashed onto the dining room table. One of my men was cut by flying glass. Is this whole thing just a humble brag for him to talk about how great his house is? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, the, the ghost smashed into my 95-inch flat-screen panel TV. Look, uh, I didn't think a Tiffany chandelier could break, but it did. It scared all four of the women I was having sex with at the same time. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Grimstone leans forward. His thin lips, his thin lips stretch into some sort of a smile. What a weird way to describe that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, gross. Well, remember, he doesn't really have a lip. You know, he's got that grease paint mustache. Yeah, he's basically mm-hmm. a skull man. Mm-hmm. I need someone to find that host and get rid of it. I need a ghost hunter. Title drop. He says, looking at the screen. Yeah. <laughs> I'll think about it and let you know in the morning, you say. As he leaves, Grimstone turns. I'll make it worth your while. Ugh. Why couldn't that be part of the conversation and not a weird thing he said on the way out? Yeah, like you're gonna have to pay for it regardless, but like 
This makes it feel like he's winking. Yeah, exactly. Maybe don't lick your lip when you say that. Yeah. yeah. Could you maybe get that spit out of like the bottom right corner of your mouth, please? This case is getting very interesting. Yeah, it is. God, we got so much background. I hope you're taking notes, Ian. Whom should you work for? Sylvia Rustin or Howard Grimstone? It wouldn't seem right to work for both of them without telling them what you're doing. Yet that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Wait, sure what? You get, get paid by both people, yeah. solve the same problem. You'd be more inclined to work for Grimstone. You want to be a ghost hunter. On the other hand, you don't like the idea of working for a criminal. Doing crimes, on the other hand, you know, whatever, I guess that happens. Yeah, that's a pretty <laughs> hypocritical... Still, Grimstone... Oh, yeah, okay, so he, you even address it. Still, Grimstone isn't asking you to do anything illegal, so why not take the case? Yet you feel some loyalty to Sylvia Rustin because she came to you first, and you it's just how... love doing crimes. Yeah, that's... <laughs> you can't just let your thoughts go around in circles like this. You've got to make a decision. Chris. Okay, we work for Grimstone, but... At the first opportunity, we steal those diamonds and don't give them to Sylvia. Yeah, I think we got to go Grimstone just to get the ghosts of this Ghost Hunter book. Hell yeah. yeah. And I think bow, what's going to happen bow, is... Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> um, we're going to find out that like the ghost is trying to scare his men away because they're doing, they're doing dr- drug crimes. Mm, defiling the house. And so then, then it's like, do you continue working for the Grimstone or do you work for Harlow Thrombey the ghost who's trying to get, who's trying to clean up this neighborhood? Oh my God, yes. Join the ghost army. Do you have yeah. to die first or can you be like no, their no. envoy in the here's living? The, here's the thing that I remember about the Lord of the Rings movie is that uh, the Aragon Christopher Paolini dragon led that ghost army without <laughs> having to die. Well, they owed him a debt from centuries ago. Well, they, yeah. What's your point? You, the Harlow Thrombey owes you a debt for solving his murder. <laughs> Posthumously. A late debt. A late debt. When you call Grimstone to tell him you're taking the case, he asks you to stop over that evening. Walking up to the great oak door of the huge Victorian house, a high wrought iron fence now surrounds the property. Thick cedar hedges have been planted so that it's not possible to see any of the ground floor windows from the street. As somebody who owns thick cedar hedges that were planted here by the people before us, uh, they are awesome, and I can't hear any road noise, uh, and I don't have to worry about anybody looking in my back windows. Very so, nice. Hi- highly, highly uh, recommend thick cedar hedges. Hey, Ian. Yo. That's what you think. Yeah, I know, if they're determined. And it also gives them somewhere to hide to look from. I have really good cedar brush camouflage. You would never know. But see, I can lie to myself and say, like, Mark's not out there taking a peek. He can't see through the cedar. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Chris. Really bringing your A material tonight, huh? Yeah. Oh, because they sound the same. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> okay, all right, I got it. As you approach the house, you hear fierce barking. Two huge mastiffs are raging at you from the other side of a chain link fence. You think it's weird they're partying this hard at 5 p.m., but <laughs> who are you to judge? No, nah, man, it's the party house. I'm telling you, big, that's the mystery. Big dogs, big dogs don't live as long. They big, gotta go twice as hard. Big dogs gotta eat, bro. Big dogs don't cry. <laughs> uh, you shudder to think what would happen if they got out. If you can't run with the big dogs, stay on the porch. Yeah, stay on the porch or, uh, you know, in the backyard. I was browsing the Big Dogs t-shirts website uh, a couple months ago. <laughs> like you do. Like you Everyone do. does. You get a wild hair and you're like, I wonder what the Big Dogs t-shirt company's up to. You know, just to see if they had anything new. Yeah. Well, no, it turns out all the- Big Dogs is going strong and their Twitter presence is pretty solid. Uh, and one, on the other hand, could I could not find a wow. single Forgot about mean and, and one. one shirt. Hmm. But uh, Big Dogs still has like, uh, like... Oh, man. One of them's just like, if you Google MySpace, 
I'll YouTube your asshole or whatever the fuck. Uh, just it, like it's exactly the same sort of garbage humor from like that kid that kind of smelled in third grade. And they've just been doing it for like 40 years. Don't don't like my attitude. Take a number. <laughs> and then it's a picture of a grumpy dog. Yeah. With sunglasses on. Yep. <laughs> YouTube MySpace. Oh, my God. Chris, you weren't I you weren't joking. It wasn't yeah, it wasn't that much of an exaggeration. It literally says if YouTube MySpace, I'll Google your Yahoo. <laughs> That's, yeah. And then it has like <laughs> And then it's a picture of a dog having a stroke. Hey Mark. <laughs> hey Mark. Hey. What's your what's your t-shirt size? <laughs> Small? Well, they don't sell that, so I'll get you <laughs> your niche. Uh Chris, you good with medium or you want a unit of L? What's the uh, what's the What's the largest number on the end of XL they have? Uh, well, that number would be six. Baba Booey. Baba <laughs> Booey. I think like, when society collapses and we need a sail that will strike fear into the hearts of our enemies as we you know, roam the high seas, yeah. I'm thinking yeah. just a collection of six XL uh, big dogs. Yeah, we can use them to make our sails. <laughs> I fucking love this t-shirt. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. Uh, listeners, if you haven't looked at the Big Dogs website, treat yourself. Uh, if, you, if you're still who through like the seven hours of cool ass jokes, uh, you'll love this shit. Oh, man. I'm so sorry to everyone who listens to our podcast sometimes. Please. All right. I'm going to need to get y'all's mailing address after we've stopped recording. Um, <laughs> this is so good. Uh, the front door opens before you reach it. A hulking, square shouldered man appears. His stiff, bristly hair looks like steel wool. A grotesque smile is fixed on his face. Are we a sociopath? Yeah, we judge like, everyone we, real fast. Yeah, we just, like, we, everyone looks terrifying to us. Yeah. Huh. Oh, I hope those dogs don't get out, you say. The man laughs. Huh, huh, huh. You don't like our pets? Don't worry. Their gate won't open unless we push a button inside the house. That sounds like a clue. Yeah, I'm writing it down. Push all the buttons. Any button we see. <laughs> That's nice to know. You reply, not offering to shake hands like an asshole. Or introducing yourself or explaining why you're creeping on his property. Uh, this is a servant person. He is beneath our station. We're a detective. Yeah. Come in, my young friend. Don't be put off by Kenny. He has no manners. Grimstone calls from the foyer. Uh, pot calling the kettle black much? Right? Yeah. No, nobody has manners. You walk past Kenny into the great house. Kenny. It has a much more somber. Kenny the Butler. It has a much more somber look than you remember. Do you remember? You know, the last time you were there when there was a fucking dead body in the house. Oh, much more somber than when it had a dead body in it. It had a dead body, but also balloons and streamers because it was Thrompy's birthday. See, I just think I think that our our player character like is a it over dramatizes everything he possibly can. Mm. I think it's a narcissism, not a, not a delusion. He's that kid who's like at recess walking around on his own with like a tape recorder, like uh-huh. staring at you and narrating your actions and the creepy, like, what's he saying? I don't know if I even want to find out kind of way. See, now, Mark, this is what I'm talking about. Not every elementary school had that kid. I think that's unique to your situation. Well, not every elementary school had me at it. So that makes sense. Oh, that is a good point. Uh, Grimstone shows you into the library. The ghost starts making noises every night at about 8 o'clock. It's almost 8 now. I'm going to have to leave you alone for a while. I have to discuss business with my associates in the dining room. Do you want to wait here until the noise begins, or do you want to explore the house? Can we, can we tell them we're going to do one thing, but then do the other thing? I guess let's wait in the library, see if a ghost happens, I guess, right? 
I mean, if we're voting, I, I vote for exploration. I, I don't think anything fun happens staying in the place the bad guy tells you to stay. Yeah, good yeah, point. I'm down to explore. True. And plus, exploring the house is the, the way we might end up finding a jewel in the attic. Ooh, yeah. I'll just as soon get started exploring the house, you say. That's perfectly fine, Grimstone replies pleasantly, too pleasantly. You can go anywhere. We have no secrets here. Hmm. Oh, cool. I'm going to go find that million-dollar jewel. Bye. Yeah. You stand in the hallway a moment, thinking. Everything about Grimstone, his thuggish lackey, the high iron fence, the huge guard dogs, all confirm Sylvia's opinion of him as a professional criminal. Uh, this is so not going to turn out to be his deal, though. Yeah, right. he's like actually running a halfway house. Yeah, this is a morality tale about judging people before mm -hmm, you know all the facts. Mm -hmm. I help refugees escape from warlords in Africa. <laughs> <laughs> Yet he's given you the run of the house to look for ghosts. It's odd. It's because he knows there's no ghosts. <laughs> right. Yeah. You'd like to find evidence of ghosts, but to tell the truth, you're even more curious to find out whether Jane Thromby's diamonds are hidden in the attic cedar closet. Yep. Yes. Yep. 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 This may be your only chance while no one's watching you. That one. We're doing that one. Yeah. Get those diamonds. Get yeah. the diamonds and they're probably guarded by a ghost and we get both. Smart, smart, smart. I'm the smartest boy. Flashlight in hand, you climb the broad, carpeted staircase leading to the second story. At the top, you face a long hallway with rooms on either side. Halfway down the hall, a short passageway leads to the steps of the third floor. At the top oh, of those steps is a door. My map is incomplete. Do we have the key for this door? What color was the carpet? Are we on the westward? Uh, before you are... Steps leading to the attic. A flick of the switch produces a dim light at the top of the stairs. As you climb the creaky stairs, you glance at your watch. It's eight o'clock now. The hour of the ghost. <laughs> Must be the hour of <laughs> the ghost. Just about <laughs> they did they didn't run with all of them. It's like, Must be the weekend of the creature from the Black Lagoon. Like that one never <laughs> Donovan tried a lot of experimental stuff. Must uh, be the fortnight of the mermaids. <laughs> nope, that's not it. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, they did have it. They did have some mild success with the uh, with the rumspringa of the <laughs> werewolf. <laughs> Man, I okay, yeah. If only somebody else was reading, so I could still work, keep working on that joke. Yeah, uh, I'm thinking it through. What other classic monsters? There's a vampire. What other measures of time? This is how jokes are built. If you uh, <laughs> want more of this quality, <laughs> sign up for our master class. No, that was last week's joke. <laughs> Uh, if you want to learn how to keep fresh jokes from getting stale week after week, don't come to our master class. Yeah. Different podcast. You need a different podcast. Different podcast. A few steps further, you stop short. Something is moving above you. Then you realize it's only your own shadow, made as you block off light from the passageway below. I know how shadows work. By the time you reach the top of the <laughs> stairs, you're ready to laugh at yourself for being so jumpy. No, no. See, you have to put yourself between the light and the thing upon which the shadow is cast. It's not just always there. Now, shining your flashlight, you walk into the dim, cavernous recesses of the attic. You see, with the light in front of you, you won't cast a shadow. <laughs> you have a strong sensation that someone is nearby, watching you. You can't hear or see anything, but you feel an overwhelming sense of danger. Maybe you're just nervous, but maybe you've perceived something real. Ghosts can't hurt us. Yeah, open the fucking door. Yeah, we're more likely to be hurt running away from a ghost. Bingo. You pull the door open. By the fragrant aroma, you know that you have found the cedar closet. You shine your light on the panel next to the floor at the right rear corner. Kneeling down, you take your pocket knife and insert a blade edge between the floor and the panel. Your heart leaps as the panel flips open. You pull it back and shine your light on a small leather box. 
The box is filled with diamonds, all glistening and sparkling in the beam of your flashlight. Hooray, VA, we won. <laughs> then take our, take our diamonds and go home. You feel the presence. Oh, not the presence. This time, close behind you. You whirl your light around. A sack descends over your head. Powerful hands squeeze your throat. Everything goes black. Oops, we got strangle murdered. Hey. The end. We should have known. Yeah, greed never pays. That's how Iago died, right? In Aladdin? Someone just popped his fucking head off? Yeah, and, all, and also in Othello, actually. So let's go to 104, then? No, let's just call it. Yeah, let's just call it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> okay. That sounds good. Yeah, I just, I just really, I just really wanted to see a ghost. This, uh, like, I get it. This is a very good book. It's basically like, what if House of Danger wasn't a fucking mess? That would be this book. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. House of Danger had one point it wanted to make. <laughs> no, there's ghost soldiers and monkeys. I don't know. Fuck. Also, it's a conspiracy to take over the world for environmentalism and aliens. Yeah, all yeah, that shit yeah. was in the one book. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, a lot. Yeah, so yeah. like this is a solid book. That's very good. We could do part two of this book, and that would still be good because, like, it feels like it's actually building toward a plot with a conclusion, right? right? Like there are there are clues being dropped, and we might need them later. Well, I have a I have a half drawn map. I don't know whether it faces the sun or not. They didn't give us that information, so. I don't know how I'm going to orient myself again. We, but. we do know that there was stairs and then a door and then another set of stairs and then inside the closet. And no one was wearing pants yeah. of anyone. There was yeah. no mention of pants in this book. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. Or apple bottom jeans. We had to add that ourselves. Yeah, yeah. that was... <laughs> New site, same dog. Already have an account? Update your password here. <laughs> Close it out. <laughs> That about does it for us uh, this time here on, on Choose Your Own Adventure. No, that's not the end of our show. No, it's not, is it? No. Nope. That about does it for us this time on the show that we do called Booze Your Own Adventure. We hope you enjoyed Ghost Hunter as much as we did. Uh, it was a real treat. Anyways, until next time, I, I've been Ian. I've been Chris's ghost. I've been Mark. And remember, always choose responsibly. This is the summer vacation of the winter court of the Fae! The summer vacation of the winter court? Yeah. Also, yeah, so, like, of the three of us, who would you say looks the most like this young gentleman here? Who owns all the pieces of this outfit? (laughs) I think personality you. um, Yeah, I think you have a nervous... God damn it! It sounds like you're going to say somebody else. Yeah, it's it's the tall hair, it's the lanky build, it's the the wardrobe. I feel like you have a nervous ginger. I feel like you're a spiritual ginger. This is... This is spirit animal. Oh, that is, is that's the stinger right no, there. No, that's definitely the stinger. Yeah, 100%. <laughs>